A recent report has raised some concerns about Chase Claypool in Chicago, but those concerns might be a little bit overblown and might also miss the real reason we should be worried about what's going on with the wide receiver. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started today. On the show today, we check in on the Chase Claypool situation, starting with the report from Mark Silverman from ESPN Chicago about perhaps some concerns about Claypool within the building in terms of his self-motivation and where he is at in his progress with the team, with the offense, et cetera. We'll kind of look at what those concerns might be, where they might come from, what kind of legs they may have. But then we'll look more broadly at where he is in this stage of the offseason and check in on the injury he's currently dealing with that has him away from Bears practice. And we'll also get an update on sort of where he's developing and growing this offseason and and why I think our concerns may be placed in some of the wrong spots. None of this, to to be clear, is any sort of shot or disagreement with with Mark Silverman from ESPN Chicago. I'm sure he has legitimately talked to people within the Chicago Bears organization that have expressed to him legitimate concerns about Chase Claypool. I certainly don't refute any of his reporting, or I'm not here to say that he is wrong or bad or doing any of the any of the sort of negative things. I'm just here sort of to react to and analyze to the reports that we've got. And I wanted to read the quote here from Silverman on ESPN Chicago last week. The quote was, I have heard from a few people inside that building that he's not somebody who's very self-motivated. There's a long way to go. Chase Claypool can still change the narrative. If you want to change the narrative, change the narrative. So Chase Claypool can do so. And all I can tell you is it isn't trending in a way that the Bears have wanted it to trend in this offseason. That is, end quote, that is something we've heard about Chase Claypool from his time in Pittsburgh, right? This is not something that comes completely out of nowhere as though it was some totally made up thing invented to besmirch Chase Claypool for some reason, right? Like there is, there is past precedent here of there being questions about Chase Claypool's motivation and dedication. You know, there were moments in Pittsburgh where he wasn't always putting the team first in a way that had Steelers fans and I think Steelers organization at times concerned. And his teammates always backed him up. His coaches always backed him up. But there was always this sort of like lingering thing. And even to the point now where, you know, Steelers fans are starting to say, oh, see, Bears fans are starting to get a taste of what we got with with Chase Claypool. And all of a sudden trying to equate it that way based on this report. But I also think perhaps that's 
also reflective of the level of play we got this past season from him. You know, we've heard throughout this offseason from Ryan Poles that like, hey, we need to be patient with Chase Claypool and that when you trade for a wide receiver halfway through the season, it can be very difficult to plug them into the offense and expect them to run the full show and to be as effective right away with that new team as they were in the past to just pick it up and go full speed. And that pulse has sort of said over and over again that like, we're not really making a very strong evaluation of Claypool based on what we saw last season, that now that he'll have a full off season when the offense with Justin Fields, with, with new receivers around him, plus, you know, training camp and preseason, and then a full regular season, that will be more of a quote unquote, like true measurement of, where Chase Claypool was. And I think because the Bears traded such a high draft pick for him that ended up being the 32nd overall pick, there were these expectations of like, okay, you got to come and be better than you had been in Pittsburgh. And clearly by, by all statistical measurements had been worse than he was in Pittsburgh. But we can keep in mind that like, you know, he does, I mean, the, the question is like, how much benefit of the doubt do you give him, right? How much of that is legitimate? Like, yeah, it's it's kind of a tough thing to do. Whereas, there have been other examples where receivers get traded and have a little bit of an easier time adjusting and adapting to the new offense and pick it up a little bit faster and also just produce a little bit more. But at the same time, like none of the receivers were producing at a very high level in the Bears offense. It was not an offense that was throwing the ball at a high enough volume and having enough passing success for Claypool to just come in and single handedly, you know, take over the passing game. Maybe that that's is that too high of an expectation for him. Plus, you add in there that he missed some games in the middle there due to injury. So he wasn't even on the field for the full second half of the season. And all of a sudden, you know, you could start to come up with these, call them explanations, call them excuses, call them benefit of the doubt, whatever you want to, as to why Claypool wasn't that productive with the Chicago Bears. And you could start to point to like, okay, well then perhaps in year two, back to full health at some point and with more time in the offense and more time getting on the same page, just more time in the organization that he can get back to being more of a true Chase Claypool. But yet those motivation questions are still going to be there, right? Because they've, the questions at least have been there in the past. And as, as even Silverman said in his report, right? Like there's still time for Chase Claypool to change the narrative. Like this is not a report saying, oh, the bears have given up on Claypool and that the Claypool is a disaster that is just never going to work out. It's just that, as he said, the last line of the quote there was, it, it, it isn't trending in a way that the Bears have wanted it to trend in this offseason. Again, that, that's the report from Silverman from ESPN Chicago. And I can't help but wonder how much of that is actually a motivation issue and how much of that is more about how available he has been or hasn't been. Because I feel like the real concern right now is that he wasn't practicing at minicamp due to injuries. And it continues a little bit of a trend from last season. So we'll check in on Claypool's injury situation and, and what he might be missing right now and why it's particularly important for him more than maybe anybody else or almost anybody else in the offense. Next on Locked On Bears. The Locked On Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook, because right now new customers get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars. That's a thousand dollars back to you in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, either you place your bet and you win, you get your money or you place your bet. You don't get it correctly, but FanDuel still gives you up to a thousand dollars back in those bonus bets. You just got to go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to join today. You could bet 
Certainly baseball season, we're right in the thick of it, but you can also bet ahead on next year's football season. You can bet on the week one lines for Bears-Packers. You can bet on where the Bears will finish in the NFC North, what their win-loss total might look like, uh, odds for Justin Fields to win MVP, for Matt Eberflus to be coach of the year, and so much more, all in an app that's safe, secure, and easy to use. Don't miss your chance to snag that no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball and the NFL. Chase Claypool was around for most of the offseason, but in between practices that we haven't been in privy to, haven't had access to, he's dealt with some sort of injury. And actually, the way Matt Eberflus described it, injuries, plural. I believe the phrase he used was Claypool is dealing with, quote, like a couple of things. There's a couple of things Claypool is dealing with that have caused him to miss practices and not be out there. And I'll be the first to say, and we've talked about it before on on this podcast, OTAs are not, and even mandatory minicamp, are not the world's most important practices. It's not the end of the world for a player to miss these practices. There is plenty of time for catching up and for still picking up some of the things that you might have missed during these practices, right? It is not a time to panic when a player misses some OTA and mini camp practices, 100%. But for Chase Claypool in particular, I think it's him and a small, there's a small subset of players that that these practices are particularly more important for. And and Iberflus did go through and outline some of the things he's missing and how he feels about that ability to, to catch up later on this offseason. As you, you brought up Claypool, has he been able to get the work with Justin that you wanted or has this been a hindrance to that part of the process? Well, I think anytime that you're not on the grass doing, I think it's, it's not as good, obviously. So he's been able to, he started out getting some work and then he had some setbacks and, uh, um, he's been working mentally into that, but again, it's not doing. It's not the same when you're not doing it. So you got enough work with Justin that you feel good about that, or is, is it going to be necessary to get a lot more? Yeah, I think it. it I think training camp will be big. Uh, it'll be big for everybody. It'll be big for Mooney. It'll be big for Clay. Uh, getting the timing and the rhythm down um, from you know the other guys do have a head start on you know because they've been in here and they've done it, and uh, those guys will pick it up. Those guys are both smart. Um, Claypool's been in the system now for a while, and, and he's getting the motions and shifts and the route disciplines and all that. So we're excited about where that is. There's some nuance to it because, like, yeah, I mean, Darnell Mooney has also missed the entire offseason so far recovering from injury. And there's there seems to be some legitimate question or some possibility that Mooney is not ready for training camp, which would be start to become a bigger and bigger deal. At this point, if Mooney's back for training camp, I don't know that the concern is there as much compared to Claypool. Because, like, well, they're both in their sort of, you know, second years in this offense. Mooney had all last offseason to learn the offense. Mooney's been in the offense for another, you know, for six more months than Claypool has. And certainly has a whole full more year and a half more of Justin Fields' time. Like, Fields and Mooney can pick back up pretty quickly. And I don't think that there's as important of a need for Mooney to be on the field as there is for Claypool. Like, the players that don't need to be on the field at OTAs and minicamps, you know, are the veterans the, the guys that have either been in the system for a long time or been with the teammates for a long time, and they know this stuff already like the back of their hand. It's the newcomers or the relatively newcomers in Claypool's case that 
need this time the most to learn the playbook, to get to know their coaches better, to kind of get the ins and outs of the offense better, to get to know their teammates better, and to get on the same page, especially that quarterback to wide receiver connection like Iberfus was talking about. And Iberfus is still in there, right? Did not was not raising major concerns there. He still said they kind of like where they are with it and they're they're pretty confident that things are going to be okay. That yeah, of course, like this time would have been valuable for him and would have helped him be even farther ahead than he is right now. But it's not like it's insurmountable or going to set him back so far that it's going to totally decrease his or limit his ability to be productive this regular season. My concern is a little bit more about like, it's a little more durability question there. If he's dealing with a couple of different things right now, there was an earlier quote that I didn't play there for early in the press conference where Iberflus talked about, you know, this is the time here where we can afford to, we can, I should enunciate there. We can afford to take it slow and not rush Claypool back, not really rush through this. And he said, you know, we've got 40 full days to get him fully healthy between the end of mini camp and the start of training camp, which to me is like, yes, it's a good sign. 40 days is a long time to get a player healthy, but also it wasn't a, it wasn't a clear, like, oh yeah, he's good to go. We just hold him out for precaution reasons, but he'll be healthy by training camp. It was more like a, Hey, we got 40 days. And uh, we're hoping we can get him fully healthy by training camp. Like, I don't, that's not the exact wording, but that was the the vibe. It was like, in theory, like 40 days, let's, let's get him healthy. We got 40 days. Let's, let's do it. Not like a, it's going to happen. He will be healthy. Not concerned. It's just uh Hey, it's go time. Let's get him healthy. You know what I mean? Like it, it implies there's a certain, like, I don't know. I mean, yes, effort obviously, but like, there's a certain amount of like, we are not positive and a hundred percent confident that he'll be fully healthy by training camp. He didn't say that. But that's just the sort of between the lines feeling there. And same thing with with Darnell Mooney. He said before with Mooney that like, barring any setbacks, Mooney should be good by training camp. They're they're anticipating he will be good by training camp. And he didn't use those words with Claypool. That's just the thing that that separates me. There, where okay, it's not only am I concerned a little bit about his durability now with these multiple injuries that have popped up, but then as we mentioned earlier, like last year, he missed a couple of games a couple of different times. He started with, uh, I think it was. Uh, knee injury and there might have been a shoulder nick in there but missed a couple of games there and then the year before in Pittsburgh he had a hamstring injury missed some games early missed a game or two early in the season then a toe injury later on like he's had in the last couple of seasons more of these kind of and they're not even soft tissue issues purely because like toe I don't think is not a doctor I don't but I'm assuming toe is not so much like a soft tissue thing like a hamstring would be comparatively and to be clear we don't know what he's dealing with now. All we know is a couple of things that Claypool is dealing with. But all of a sudden, it's like, you know, just how important missing that time was at this practice, missing the time in the season, like not being there at practice with your teammates, learning the offense, getting up to speed, getting the same page. Like, it's just concerning that, like, a guy like DJ Moore can come in and by OTAs, like, he and Justin Fields are best friends or, like, by minicamp, they're really on the same page, firing on all cylinders. And Claypool's been here for a good, well, more than six months now, what, what seven, eight, nine months almost? I don't know the math on when when he traded when he came here in October so seven eight nine months right he's been here a bit longer and still isn't quite there as far ahead as more is and also is also missing time now and he's missed time last season and he missed time the year before that with Pittsburgh does there start to become a legitimate question of like if he's nicked up through training camp a little bit does he suffer injuries during the season like is to me like the concern is not will Claypool be motivated enough to be good wide receiver for the bears. I think the motivation thing is not a really major concern for me. It's, 
Will he be available enough? Will he be? Will he have enough practice time? Will he be in, available for enough games this season? Or will there be enough injury things? Like kind of like what we thought with with. I don't want to make the Kevin White comparison, but that was the thing with White, right? Like not only was he injured all the time, but because he was injured all the time, he wasn't practicing with the quarterback, wasn't learning the offense on the field in the ways that he just needed to be involved in that process. In addition to being available on game day, so like that's to me that's the that's the question I have right now about Claypool. It's not not panic time yet. It's not like, oh, we better be worried or better be prepared for him not to be there. No, he's generally been healthy through a lot of his career. It hasn't been a major injury issue. It's just been enough of these little nicks and bruises and he's missing practice time now that's particularly valuable. That's where I have, that's where I'm raising my own questions or concerns. They're not so much about the motivation thing because we've heard from Bears coaches and teammates throughout this offseason about the way that Claypool seems to be dedicating himself to practice and to this offense. And I want to go through in particular what Justin Fields said about his wide receiver next on Locked on Bears. We talked about Claypool a little bit earlier in the offseason here when we had heard from Fields a little bit about some of Claypool's turnaround. And I want to and I want to make sure that that is emphasized here in conjunction with the report we talked about early on, right? The quote again, that there's a reported belief in the building that Claypool is not someone who's very self-motivated and that it isn't trending in a way that the Bears have wanted it to trend this offseason because that report does conflict with some of the things we've heard Luke Getze say, Matt Eberflus say, and Justin Fields say. So let's, let's start with what Fields says and then we can start to make some sense of this. From like a technical perspective, what are you focusing on right now? Like, what's the next step after that? Um, really, just you know, going through it quick, going through my progressions fast. Um, you know, um, just getting on the same page as the new guys. Um, working chasing more. Chase has uh, improved tremendously just from last year, the end of last year to now. Um, that's one thing I'm, I'm truly proud to say. Just you know, seeing his work ethic, his attitude change. Um, you can just see he's he's taking a, another step, so definitely excited for that. And we don't even have Mooney right now in practice, so once we get him back, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. So very excited for sure. That quote from Fields was earlier on in OTA. I don't have an exact date on that, but it was in May, right? So we're, we're a good three-ish weeks at least removed from from that quote. So between that quote and now, we've had you know the injury thing where he hasn't been as available on the field. We're not sure what, when and what exactly happened there, but some very clear, like, not even just like a, Hey, he's here and he's in good shape, but like fields used the term attitude change in that, like he, he clearly noticed the approach. And to me, maybe that's not, it, we, you can nitpick and you can, uh, what's the, there's another phrase that I'm looking for there. You can, you know, you can split hairs and say, okay, self-motivated versus attitude change and whether attitude change is directly a reflection of self-motivation maybe, maybe not, I don't know. But to me, like, that's as good of a sign as you can hear, right? Of course, every offseason, Justin Fields, I mean, none of the players are going to come out and say, the players or coaches are going to say something bad about Claypool. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're only going to say positive things about him. But to me, it was the specifics of the word attitude change, right? They they did. He didn't just say the, like, yeah, Chase is here and... What? Like sort of the generic things. Chase is here. He's in great shape. Happy to see him. And we're making we're making progress. But to specifically say attitude change to me signals a properly motivated, 
head is in the right space type of wide receiver. And that would seem to conflict with some of what the reporting was on him not being very self-motivated, not trending in the way the Bears have wanted it to trend. And and so like I try, I'm trying to find sort of where the truth might be somewhere in the middle here that, you know, Sylvie, I'm sure talked to people in the Bears organization and there might be people in the Bears organization that, you know, so we're not talking Ryan Poles. I mean, I, I'm just sort of, I'm speculating here, but let's, we're not talking Ryan Poles. Like Ryan Poles is not the one who's telling Silverman, yeah, Claypool is not very self-motivated and it's not trending the way the Bears want to trend. Like it'd be some other staff member or two or whatever, but maybe there are people in that building that didn't like the Claypool trade when it happened and still aren't crazy about Claypool and kind of come in with this sort of negative opinion of it and look for ways to nitpick or or be upset about Claypool and maybe even put things out there about Claypool for to try and motivate him or to try and, you know, get reach him in some way, kind of like this. And maybe that's where something like that comes from. And, or maybe maybe some of it comes from the injury stuff. You know, that's 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 part of what I'm wondering. Like when it says when it says it isn't trending in a way that the Bears have wanted to trend this offseason, certainly the injury is not the way the Bears wanted it to go for him. They wanted him on the practice field as much as possible. So like that is one of the ways that it hasn't trended the way that they want it to trend. And the fact that you sort of have these caveats of like there's a long way to go, Chase Claypool can still change the narrative is obviously like giving space for him to be self-motivated and to have had the attitude change. And also, there's no time set on Sylvie's report, right? When he says, I've heard from a few people in the building that he hasn't very self-motivated. Perhaps he heard from those people in January, February, March, April. Then Claypool comes to OTAs in May and June and is all of a sudden has the attitude change that Justin Fields was talking about and is more motivated now and has had some sort of turn, even if, if, if for some reason he was not particularly self-motivated before that. And I can certainly see where if you were playing on a three and 13 bears team last year or three and 14 in the 17 game season, you might not be that motivated either to go work really hard and lose 10 games in a row. By the end of that season, I could see, I could understand a human being being human and losing some motivation when you're getting your butt kicked every week and you're, and you as a receiver are getting in the worst passing offense statistically in the NFL. And maybe that's a little bit demotivating, but again, I, I, I could see a reality where Sylvie talked to somebody earlier this offseason. They expressed those things. It's a very true and accurate report to his word. He talks to people in the building who, who think Claypool's not very self-motivated. Like, that could all be true. And also, Claypool could have come back to OTAs after Sylvie had those conversations and been more motivated and, and had the attitude change and make the progress that the Bears have wanted them to make. I mean, there, there's, there's some different realms of possibility here that doesn't just have to be like, is Sylvie right or is Sylvie wrong? You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be black and white. There can be some gray areas here where technically the things he's saying with the right details added to it or the right caveats or the right timelines can still be true in addition to Claypool also being more motivated, having that attitude change and getting on a better page with Justin Fields. Because clearly like that felt like a really genuine Justin Fields quote there. Like this, if you watch it on the, the video, you can see the smile on his face, the energy, his voice picks up. He's like, yeah, actually like he kind of like surprised himself. He's like, yeah, genuinely, like actually that's one of the great things is what Claypool has done. Like he just, he wasn't asked about Claypool specifically. If you remember, if you think, if you listen back, the question he was asked was about like what he's working on this off season. And then he volunteered. Oh yeah. And Claypool has been great to work with attitude change, getting a lot better, all these things. So like that feels so very genuinely real and not just like off season hype talk from fields, but some legitimate, like things are going well. And so I don't think we need to be overly concerned about Claypool from a motivation standpoint and from a, you know, putting in the work type standpoint. To me, 
I'm just starting to question whether we need to be worried about this injury situation, whether that's going to linger in a training camp and whether this missed practice time now and the potential for more missed practice time in training camp is the real concern we should be concerned about. That's I, I'm not sure if it is yet, but that's what we need to keep an, keep an eye on here once we get to training camp all around is what Chase Claypool's health is and certainly what Darnell Mooney's health is as well because those three with, with those two with DJ Moore can be a, a really dynamic trio if all of them are healthy and available and get on the same page as Justin Fields and grow in this offense together. I'm excited to see what it looks like. I'm sure you are too. We'll keep close tabs on Claypool, Mooney, Moore, the whole offense all off season long right here on the Locked On Bears podcast. So make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked On Bears, your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. That means your team every day. We're not quite every day, just in this one particular part of the offseason. Literally like mid-June to mid-July is the one time of year we slow down a little bit. We go to three or four days a week, usually like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, maybe Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, some sort of combination that way. We're slowing down a little bit right now, but we're still bringing you Bears Talk at least three days a week. And we will be right back up to full five days a week once training camp comes around and gets a little bit closer. And we're still making sure to give you plenty of opportunities to bear down.